Greetings, Amigops, and Top Tenders everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. As you can tell, I have a Jolly Rancher in my mouth, so I'm going to be making all kinds of weird noises while I intro, as I am every week. I am joined by our co-host, the beautiful, the exotic, the mustachioed Kyle. However, I have an even more delightful treat for you. I am also joined this week by dear friend of the pod, maybe more like friend of us, because it seems like in our pre-show discussion, she doesn't actually listen to this podcast, but multiple time podcast guest, Sarah, nickname redacted because it includes her last name. Uh, She is joining us to discuss a particular topic. I don't know what it is. I was teased into thinking it was Magic the Gathering. It's not, I don't think. So we will be discussing this topic. We will be debating it vigorously. Probably not re-ranking it because I'm assuming she knows much more about it than Kyle and I do. And by the end of this delightfully brisk episode, we will have a definitive top 10 of Sarah's list. So Kyle, Sarah, what are we talking about? Thank you, Mike, for that fantastic introduction. Normally, this is the part where we would let our guests intro themselves in the topic, but we have a quick advertisement some housekeeping for you top 10 listeners out there we figured this would be a good time to advertise because everyone likes to listen to sarah's episodes um mike and i are planning on doing a top 10 book club episode wherein we pick a book we both read it hopefully you read it and then you listen to me and mike analyze it through some kind of top 10 lens at a later point in time and if you want to do uh a guest spot because you actually did your reading homework come on that's great that's actually great what's cool about this kind of book club as opposed to a regular kind of book club is that we can publish it like whenever and then you can listen to it whenever you finish the book so there's no like real time incentive but still we're going to tell you the book anyways in case you want to read it over the holidays so anyways the book is the water dancer by ta-nehisi coates you may recognize him. Uh, we've talked about some of his other books on this podcast. He wrote um, Between the World and Me. He wrote um, We Were Eight Years in Power. He's a very um, prominent black writer right now. And this is, uh, I think, his first fictional novel. So that is the book that we're going to be reading and discussing. Get to that if you're interested. We'll probably post an Instagram uh, post to the same effect. And now with that out of the way... Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Please tell us what we're going to be talking about today. Well, Kyle, that was an amazing introduction, even with the book uh, edition. <laughs> I'm excited for book club in any form. And and I feel like I must start off today by, one, thank you for letting me join again and uh, continuing to just give me some fun times ahead in this lovely quarantine we have, but also to defend my honor as not a <laughs> friend of a pod, but just pod enthusiast. I, I feel like on my previous pods, I've talked about how podcasts in general are in my low of consumer rates. So I still love this pod. I, I just have to say, especially in quarantine now, definitely not listening to a lot of things. Yeah, pods, I, I will admit, uh, even as a relatively avid pod listener, it's not exactly the right medium for the world we're living in right now. No, because podcasts are for like when you're outside, like exercising or driving somewhere and no one does those things anymore. I will also say that 
what prompted this attack from Mike was just you, like, wanting to clarify the format. Like, when do we do honorables? When do we do not top threes? Which, uh, like, not just when. There was when slash what is it called. She oh, yeah. said, like, that thing where it almost made it. When do we do the barely missed it? Yeah, that actually, I kind of think we should probably rename it the Barry. You should probably yeah, update it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually, so- this wasn't real confusion. This was just her clever way of, of giving us some notes. Yeah. Do you guys need to change the name of this segment? Always trying to hit that feedback back loop with y'all. So anyway, just calling that out. But yes, very excited to be here today. Hopefully we can have a fun pod. Um, with a topic that, again, is not Magic the Gathering related. You might have to have a different guest come on Sad. and read your name some, some other <laughs> time in the future. <laughs> but uh, I am here today, and with me, as always, you're going to get some food-related 10 lists. Chef Sarah! That's my joy and pride. Um, and as we enter into this holiday season, I have a fun one for us today, and that is going to be Top 10 Thanksgiving day dinner side side dish oh i knew this i completely blanked i forgot that i knew that this is what we're doing and i did no research so (laughs) i'm keeping up with my usual standards i was wondering if you were just playing a little uh no me playing radio this was i i actually forgot (laughs) yeah for for context all listeners i just got so excited about having the potential of doing this pod that i texted both kyle and mike at the exact same time instead of hiding it um, from one of them so hypothetically they po- both could have been prepared clearly only one of yeah, them Kyle, did you came prepare? prepared i prepared so at least we well, got i know this. you did but kyle did you do any background no i yeah okay good good yeah this i'm glad we're on equal footing here i i like if i can i like to maintain a little bit of you know kind of trying to figure it out on my heels as we go like as sarah begins to speak i'll think of things I'm, I, I trust Sarah to put uh, a good framework together, and we'll we'll go from there. I want to ask one kind of question framing uh, for the front of this, and maybe you'll address it in your scoring or your kind of thought process. But one thing I've noticed about Thanksgiving food is that for each of the sides that you're likely to list, there's a huge range of kind of the what's the best and what's the worst. And so I'm wondering how you think about, like, let's say you're doing... I'll just make up something that's not a a Thanksgiving, but let's say French fries. Like when you're ranking this, are you thinking about the best French fry you've had, the worst, or like what's the, what's the average? That's a great question. I think I'm definitely leaving it up for us to interpret based off of, I think how many bad dishes you have experienced in your lifetime versus when you've experienced good types of dishes. I think everyone will have their personal favorites in this as well because of those biases. So it's not necessarily uh, a strict list of this must be the best French fry or the worst French fry you've ever tasted, but holistically, how are French fries coming to you and are you appreciative of them? Okay. I think that's, I think that's probably the right approach, but I do think it will play into the scoring Oh, absolutely. As I think, as I'm kind of just mentally cataloging the different sides, I'm like, oh, that was amazing. Oh, that one was gross. But it's the same dish. It's just like the really good version of the really bad one. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into our scoring here. Um, Things to think about. Again, if you like the side, if it's something you enjoy to consume, if it's something that you must have, 
on your plate every Thanksgiving. Um, and then secondly, if there's some notoriety behind the dish itself. So if you just think about it, when we mentioned top 10 Thanksgiving side dishes, and that was the first thing that popped in your mind. I would also say like, what are the odds that you're going to eat this dish at a time of year that's not Thanksgiving? Like how that's big. Like how Thanksgiving specific is it? That's a good call out. And and I didn't necessarily think because I was torn on this one, does that make it better or worse? Because I think the notoriety of a side and that fact that you only eat it during Thanksgiving makes it great, but I also if I'm going to be eating it throughout the year, that probably means it's really tasty and delicious as well. We've dealt with some similar topics, not exactly like this. And I think our default is to say, if it's specific to the discussion, that's better. Yeah, I so would like, agree. If it's a thing that's that we would really, we're saving up for Thanksgiving to eat that thing, that's, I think, a good thing. Okay, that's good because I think that's kind of how the list was crafted unbeknownst to my consciousness, but I'm glad we all agree. Excellent. Okay. So um, the other reason that I, I want to call out that I did ask about our just barely made it um, list and the honorable mentions was, um, as always, I'm probably just going to go off script here and have a, a different round. Uh, there's going to be a pie round. Oh, <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Because, you know, pies are, they're dessert, but they're critical. And there can be sides if you just want to have dessert during dinner. So I didn't want to discriminate against the pies and figured it would be a great, great round instead of, uh, you know, one of our other sides. So, per usual, you so into it. come in and like your format changes are vast improvement to the way we do things so i'm on likely board. because she can't remember our format but still <laughs> improvements nonetheless <laughs> that's what i'm here for just yeah. trying to be innovative and re- that's all i bring i'm hearing that we just have forgettable segments yeah that's <laughs> i'm hearing a lot i'm hearing a lot of things that she's not saying with the <laughs> words, but i'm hearing oh boy well with that let's get into it <laughs> and start off our list today um, so this first one, I, I had a hard time putting it on the list, but I felt like it needed to land here. It's going to be carrots, like a nice carrot dish. <laughs> Straight up carrots. That's legit. And especially like Thanksgiving wise, there's something visually that I love about the carrot. I Like what comes to mind for me are those honey glazed carrots in like the white crockery that have been cut up and are just sitting on the side of the table with everything else. Um, I don't thoroughly enjoy carrots, especially if ranch isn't involved. So um, (laughs) (laughs) making the fancy Thanksgiving carrots isn't my favorite thing, but I feel like it's, um, it's a little different. It's a vegetable. So you have to have it on the table and it's pretty much a staple that at least is always around um, in my Thanksgiving. So it made it to the list, and and it's number ten. Yeah, whatever. I I could I could take or leave a carrot like by itself. I like almost. I, I don't think I've ever consumed a carrot like just by itself. Like it's usually diced in part of a larger medley of vegetables. 
So I think if we're going to talk carrots, number 10 is a fantastic spot. And also, like... I'm very... Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I also don't feel, like, any obligation to eat vegetables on Thanksgiving. Like, a lot of other meals, I'll be like, I'll have some vegetables. I'm an adult. But, like, at Thanksgiving, that small part of my brain, I just turn off. And, like, I may eat a vegetable because it's been, like, covered in gravy or something. But I don't feel like I need to. And for that reason, probably passing on carrots usually at Thanksgiving. See, for me, it's not about serving some sort of nutritional master. It's I find that vegetables serve to expand the stomach and cleanse the palate between other servings of gigantic things loaded with fixins. So I find that the vegetable is a necessary part of Thanksgiving for my stomach. But to the carrots, I think two things are important. So one, you said it in that sort of white crockery. When I picture a Thanksgiving carrot, I picture it with the the leaves still on it. Like, you know how sometimes they leave just like the decorative leaves at the top? I feel like that's a that's like a classic fancy Thanksgiving move that I can picture and don't think of it any other time of year. So I think that sort of that supports the carrots placement on this because I do think that the specific roasted carrot is most commonly served during Thanksgiving. Like that's not a side vegetable that most people you know, in traditional American cuisine would just roast. But I love roasted carrots. And that's like my, that's a typical emergency vegetable for me. If I'm looking in the fridge and I'm like, oh shit, I forgot to buy whatever vegetables for dinner. I've got a little bit of something green or like a salad and I need a backup. I just slice up some, some carrots and roast them. So I'm big on this. I think you mentioned honey. You can do it with balsamic. Um, there's a lot of options, but you got to get something that's sweet and or acidic on that uh, roasted carrot and get it with the right amount of salt. Mm. Again, if they're done well, that's great. I think this is also one of those that I have fond memories of like mushy carrots happening yeah. on Thanksgiving dinner, which also kept it at a lower point in my um, in my list. So Carrots at number 10, nothing too exciting, nothing too crazy, but they've made it. Before going to number nine, these, this conversation has reminded me, I feel like this is something we need to clarify for each other and our listeners. Are you guys doing a multi-course meal, sit down, like actually wearing pants with a belt for Thanksgiving? Or are you doing the um, eat off a ping pong table with a plastic plate and a solo cup kind of Thanksgiving. I feel like this might play into our opinions and I'm, I just want to hear. Are you talking about a typical year or is this a COVID question? (laughs) This is is probably a typical year pre COVID um, because that's definitely what I'm basing off my history of feelings on these sides. So I, my family used to do like a bigger family Thanksgiving and I, I'd have to kind of strain to think about what I wore, but since my junior year of high school, my ex until this year, because of COVID, my, um, just my immediate family, we go up to an inn in New Hampshire. And so it's funny you ask about the dress, like the, the dress code, because we stay in the hotel and I wake up, I put pants on with a belt at probably noon. 
and we get seated usually like sometime around one or two. I eat dressed up. We did. We do one picture before dinner. I eat dressed up. And then the moment we're done, I walk back to the hotel room, you know, so it's if I eat for two hours at a one o'clock seating, it's three o'clock. I'm back in the room at 301 with my pants off. So it's sort of a mixed, it's sort of a mixed experience because I don't have to keep the pants on for long. Yeah, you described my scenario exactly, sir. Like we get together, it's my family. Usually as like a 27 year old man, I'm at the kids table at a ping pong table like (laughs) So that's more my my speed. And it's not like, like you can go back for seconds, but the idea is to get as much food on your plate the first time as you possibly can. Agreed. Yes. So for for your perspectives as well, I'm definitely a in sweatpants the entire day. And then dinner rolls around probably four o'clock. And get as much as you can on the plate. We've never had kids' tables in my family, so the tables have been weird, concocted, multi-put-together through, like, a dining room into a Different heights, probably, too. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Some are at, like, barstool height to counter school to someone was just sitting on a farm (laughs) in one year. So um, I feel like that very much plays into the expectations for presentation and the sides that are going to be involved in your Thanksgiving. So I just wanted to pause there and see what we were working with. Agreed. I do just want to say though, that um, I can't, I can't let the opportunity pass. I know I've shared this with Kyle before and I want to make sure I share with the podcast listeners. So my now wife, Caroline and I have been together for quite some time, but I remember the day I knew it was, it was something special was Thanksgiving, it would have been of 2010, probably 11, maybe 10 or 11, I don't know. And um, we were at my house and we were having Thanksgiving. I don't know if it was before we started this tradition or if it was we had done two. And I was in the other room from away from the dining room clearing dishes or something. And I came back in the dining room and saw her like a little bit slouched down in her chair and I looked over and I was like, did you unbutton your jeans? And she had. And I was like, man, this girl is a keeper. And that's it. I count the days starting from then. It's like before unbutton and after unbutton. <laughs> Some people, that's like a dirty relationship thing. For me, I measured in terms of when she unbuttoned her pants to eat more turkey. I love that story. That's such a great story. Please tell me it was included in some form of your vows or like post-wedding speech. As I think about it, it wasn't. And I don't, I feel like a fool. Her (laughs) mom probably wouldn't think that's that funny. I think it's funny. (laughs) Oh, man. Yes. True. Excellent. Caroline moment. Just. Yes. Yeah. All right. So sorry. I've taken you far enough off. So number nine. No, that was that was beautiful, and I, I appreciate you guys uh, taking that trip off the road with me. Uh, but yes, back to number nine. We're still hitting it in the vegetables. I, I brought up corn. So I want to clarify, I actually don't think, now that I'm thinking back to all my previous Thanksgivings, that we have corn on Thanksgiving, like corn in the cob. Maybe it's just like a microwave can of corn 
because quarter of the pound is way too much effort for a Thanksgiving meal if you're preparing like 10 other side dishes as well. And I think I put it on the list mostly because it's, I think of it being very decorative for Thanksgiving and just something that's like on the side of a picture when you talk about a turkey uh, at a harvest feast. So uh, corn made it on the list, but now I'm questioning everything. Well, like, not, like, I'm never, like, a corn on the cob is more of a, like, a barbecue thing, but, like, uh, I feel like, that I don't think we do, but, like, a good creamed corn, I feel like, would be a really good side for Thanksgiving. That's what I was gonna say, Cre- the, the Thanksgiving is the cream corn. I'm looking right now, That's I actually, as you said it, I googled, uh... I googled some recipes, and there's, there's two or three on this list from delish.com... Oh, that are uh, one is a white cheddar baked corn, which actually looks really good, and then this Ooh. other one is uh, oh, there's a corn casserole, but then the other one is slow cooker creamed corn. That Ooh. looks like my speed. Ooh, that yeah. sounds really good. If you weren't okay. already hungry, yeah. hopefully it's starting now. I am. Yeah, I I think that's a great call out, Mike, because. Corn can definitely, especially cream corn, can be elevated to Thanksgiving Day amazingness. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a question of getting creative. Some of these side dishes are t- are like kind of you know normal and average and good on a Wednesday night, but can be really raised to a different level on Thanksgiving. Cream corn, like I like I almost never prepare cream corn because it's like. Because it's creamed, like it's weird to like it's weird to pair it with stuff. But on Thanksgiving, I think it actually works because like if you're careful with your place with your with your plate placement, the cream corn can be like a nice um, thing to sop with your dinner roll, or like it can actually like like cream corn and gravy and mashed potatoes like as it a as like if they mesh like that's okay, and it's like actually makes for a good dip like with turkey totally. or whatever meat you're you're cooking with. So like. Cream corn by itself, I think, is kind of gross. But, like, on as a part of this, like, full Thanksgiving plate, I think it actually has a place. I think nine is about the right place for it, but it, it, it's worth discussing. That's a great call out. And now I'm thinking of, like, you know the after, the day after Thanksgiving mashup? I feel like it always has some form of again corn within the casserole of everything else that you're throwing into a dish so that's a great great point to be made about corn and i guess it's okay that it made the list yeah you did you did the right thing good stuff all right then moving on to number eight uh and with just another vegetable i put all the vegetables at the bottom clearly we can see how i prioritize the placement of my (laughs) thanksgiving day plate but i feel like this one is the most poignant and notable vegetable, and that is a green bean casserole. Just straight I, up. So I this is like... the first food I thought of, and I hate it. I hate <laughs> yes. green bean casserole. Like, I love green beans. I hate green bean casserole, the but fuck? it's so... It, I, think of, I think of Thanksgiving when I think of this. I don't know if you're making green bean casserole any other time than Thanksgiving. No. Like you're psychotic at least you are. in the space of your own home. Maybe it's like 
in a buffet of a restaurant that you end up at. In which but case... Like, <laughs> yeah, go to a different buffet. <laughs> yeah. Also, it, there's COVID in the air. Don't go to a buffet. <laughs> Don't buffet right now. Uh, no, I will say I have a distinct memory. At the end of every sports season in high school, you would have like a celebration banquet. And there was one place that we would always go to. It was called The Farm. And they had the best. I didn't like it because... Again, not a fan of green bean casserole, but what I was told was the best hands down green bean casserole recipe. And I'm pretty sure my mom somehow found it or like talked to someone to get that recipe. And that is now what is made for our green bean casserole on Thanksgiving Day. So clearly someone else makes it not just for Thanksgiving, but that is what we utilize it for. Hmm. I do love that story because that's how I feel like Thanksgiving recipes get yeah. communicated. Very true. Oh yeah, from this person who knows this yeah, person. Yeah, that's cute. Like they should. It feels like they should have a story. There's something that feels kind of unfulfilling about googling a, a recipe for Thanksgiving because then you can't say, "Oh, this is Aunt Marge's green bean casserole." Yeah, I was looking up and doing some research on the history of Thanksgiving dishes and when they started popping up culturally. And this one was in the 1950s because all you needed was like onions, a can of green beans, <laughs> and a can of cream mushroom. <laughs> nice. And you threw it in a, again, another crockery dish, put it in the oven, and that was that. Um, so, again, very notable side dish. I think you think about it, but it was, it's not one of my favorites. And, it's vegetables still, so I put that. In. Are we going to be talking about like, um, like any broccoli related dishes at any point? Because we no. Okay, so I'll talk <laughs> to you. Our because our family doesn't do a green bean casserole, but we do have cheesy broccoli, which is like oh. it's just like a green bean casserole, but it's just cheat. It's just broccoli instead of green beans, and like I like broccoli all year round, but I'll just like roast it with like garlic and red pepper flakes where like i only ever eat cheesy broccoli at thanksgiving and it's like i really look forward to it i don't think i would look forward to it as much if it was green bean casserole but i think like some form of this just like dumping cheese on a green thing is like a a thanksgiving staple in a lot of a lot of tables i think you've nicely captured this setup for like some of these vegetables and other dishes where some different, more normal version of these things can be, you know, kind of a Tuesday night staple, but there's some special thing you do to elevate it for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Make it less healthy. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of the big thing. <laughs> Add some cheese. Everything is better with cheese. You know what we should do? With, yeah. With these vegetables is just submerge them in liquid cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I mean, listen, I told you, it's like my favorite thing to eat at Thanksgiving is the cheesy broccoli. It's the best. Yeah, I, I like that. I've never heard of a dish like that on Thanksgiving, Kyle, but it's making me very excited to think about trying to bring that into my Thanksgiving. I'll find, I'll tell you what, I'll find the recipe. Send me the recipe because then I can have a story behind it. There you go. It'll move even further up in our list. Did you prepare? Did you prepare and not top three? I did. Wow. Yes. See, I know what I'm doing. I just <laughs> don't know what I'm doing. Do you have? Do you want to I rename? Think it's called the These Ones Suck Three. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> almost there. That kind of sucked. Well, yes. Uh, I want to make sure we have time for our intro, though. So let's boot it there and come on back. Wow. See, Mike, she does know the cues. Thank goodness. That was stankalicious. Thank you, Kevin. Thank Thank you, Kevin. Kevin. We do not know Kevin. We do not know Kevin. (laughs) But we can still thank him. Yeah. Yeah, that's that we could we thank anybody. We could thank <laughs> Nomar Garcia Parra. We thank anybody we want. Yeah, so uh here's our not top three. The first one is something I had to do a little bit of research on, but yams. And yams being different than sweet potatoes. It's a rabbit hole that many have gone down. <laughs> Such a rabbit hole. I think I spent many many minutes and hours probably trying to figure out the difference. And then I brought it into multiple of my meetings when I was at work trying to research this, just getting people's opinions of the difference between a yam and a sweet potato. Yams are lighter and notably less sweet. And I feel like there's something that people expect to have as a part of Thanksgiving. I've never had them because I don't think that you should include yams as a side. They're outdated and we've moved on. But yams. I don't eat yams at Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if yams are actually a thing. I just, they came up when I was looking at sides and I thought that's not a great thing. So it's interesting because, and maybe we'll uh, we'll chat about it, but there's definitely a ro- some room for sweet potatoes uh, in this discussion. Absolutely. Yams for me, I don't know if anybody's ever read the book Things Fall Apart, but um, it's it's a book by an author named Chinua Achebe, and it's uh, I I'm now forgetting where it takes place. I think it's I think it's Nigeria. Kyle, interestingly, Dr. Manhattan reads Things Fall Apart. If you recall on Watchmen, he's always reading a book. Oh, and shit. And one of them he reads is this book. But How anyway, to Have I an Enormous this... Dick. Yeah. Oh, he, he read that many times. Cover to cover, baby. <laughs> but we, we had to read this in high school, and it was one of those books that just nobody got. Like, we just didn't understand what the hell was happening. But in the time and place that it takes place, yams were very important it was like so-and-so is like the richest guy on the street he has 30 yam fields and it's like holy shit he's got 30 yam fields and so there was like a there was a period of time in high school when people were making a lot of jokes about yams Mm. there's also a um there's also a kendrick lamar song that notes the importance of the yam in different african economies and like it's like what's the yams it's so like those are my interactions with yams to be clear i don't have the the typical interaction with yams of eating them because they're gross then i think we've we found the right spot for them on this list i think so yams not top three number one so the next one is also something that i've not personally experienced before and i'm curious if you all have heard of this. Maybe it's more of a mic thing in your northeastern ways. Um, oyster stuffing. Oh, I've yeah, I I've I've had that like offered to me. Nah, no thanks. I love oysters in the appropriate setting. The stuffing for Thanksgiving is not the appropriate setting. Wait, you yeah. stuff an oyster with something like? Are you? 
no, take the oyster the, the and you stuff something else with it. Oysters are part of the stuffing. Fuck yeah, that. you yeah. stuff something there's, with oysters. There's no place for seafood on Thanksgiving. Remember that episode of um, Everybody Loves Raymond where Deborah wants to host Thanksgiving for the first time instead of Raymond's parents? Wait, before you, can, I'm sorry, before you continue, can you tell Sarah and me, uh, did Robert say anything to Deborah during that episode? I don't remember the specific line, but she try does she she tries no, to cook. Just say, just do the thing. Just say just do the Robert voice. Deborah, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> Raymond. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but she tries to cook like a like an enormous like bass, and <laughs> and they're like everyone is you know how it's like what are you doing? You know, you know, like I'm kicking sea bass on Thanksgiving. What are you, you know, like, it's like, oh, was that Manny? <laughs> yeah. That's the woolly mammoth that, that they invited over. But it's like the whole joke of that episode is that you don't cook fish on Thanksgiving. And so I don't know why you would want to stuff something else with a oyster. That seems fucked up. That's an excellent rule of thumb. I will say though that the place we've been going the last couple of years does sometimes do like a corn chowder or a clam chowder. That's different. Chowder is a whole it, different thing. Yeah, agreed. So it feels different. But I, I want to have full disclosure that I sometimes have something seafood adjacent with my but Thanksgiving. You're also but a, yes, but you're in like you're in on the East Coast. No, like one, yeah. no one in good. no one in in the Midwest is serving chowder at Thanksgiving. I would think. I would agree with They that. shouldn't be. <laughs> Just, you know, air, Airfly SN, express some uh, seafood and pay for that shipping, and I'm ready to yeah, go. Yeah, it better be very, very rapid shipping. For sure. So, again... It just came up in my research for this pod. I didn't like the idea of it, so I put it in the not top three. Uh, good call. Awesome. So the, the last one isn't uh, food related. I'm getting a little uh, off the, the rails with this one. I just wanted to call out like the history of Thanksgiving as a not top three. <laughs> good call. And like the... Shouts to you, Squanto. <laughs> the narrative... Uh, <laughs> of highlighting and um, I guess romanticizing the colonization of the Americas. So yeah. I'm sorry. Not this is amazing. I just decided to Google Squanto. Uh, and the first thing that comes up when I type in Squanto, cause does anybody want to guess? Oh, I'll tell you what. Okay. I'll give you some context. I'll give you a clue. So it's a book published in 1990. It's called Squanto, Friend of the Pilgrims, and the front cover is a very, very muscular Native American man <laughs> standing on an outcropping, shaking hands with a pilgrim with a <laughs> rifle under his arm. Oh, boy. I thought Rough. you were going to say the first thing that came up was Bill O'Reilly's Killing Squanto book. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually just two words. It's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this makes sense. I just wanted to call it out. Uh, I I see Thanksgiving as a time for family and friends and celebrating, you know, being with loved ones. And I, I think that's a good thing to hold on to. And But that's definitely a not top 10 of why people think Thanksgiving is a, a holiday to celebrate. So, yeah, so, that's me getting a little bit off the rails there with our not top three. So the last thing to add then is syphilis. <laughs> yeah definitely if you're if you're not into celebrating syphilis Syph thanksgiving probably not the day for you 
slide. Not a great side. Yeah. Not a great side for you. I'll say the last no, thing. No. The last thing I would contribute to this is the last couple of Thanksgivings, I've been old enough to drink, you know, like at family gatherings. And so, like, the temptation is to, like, have a beer or two while watching football before dinner. And it's just a mistake. Like, I, I would put... Huge mistake. I would put beer in the not top three. Like, you could have a cocktail oh. or something. But I think that beer... This, yeah. This year, I do wine on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, great. Wine or, like a, like, a nice, like, fall cocktail or whatever you want. Like, I just... I tried it once, and I don't think I'll be doing beer again at Thanksgiving. That's the only one I That's a good call. This has actually jogged my memory for uh, not a specific specific side, but a a category of them. It's people trying too hard to make something that's not the right season Thanksgiving-y. So, like, sometimes people will do – you mentioned the corn and the cob earlier. Like, not that specifically, but that's a food that I very heavily associate with the summer. Yep. And I feel like there's a lot of times when somebody would be like, corn on the cob with an autumn twist and it's just like a bunch of pumpkin spice all over it and it's like don't do that thanksgiving thanksgiving is got a really fun place to play as a chef like there's there's a good set of options for you to play with just play within that you know get creative within those boundaries but there's no need to go to other seas keep it in bounds and you'll be a happy camper so anyway those are not top threes um We've been sledging along here, so I'm going to keep us rolling. Um, This is probably a very controversial pick, but uh, I wanted to put it on here and see how it fell. I put mac and cheese at number seven. I'm a hard no on that. (laughs) I uh, know that mac and cheese is very much like a staple of some Thanksgiving meals, and I wanted to make sure to call that out, but it's also something that I don't actively have within my thanksgivings and maybe that's just again like a a geography thing uh, of where i am culturally but i put mac and cheese at number seven because i love mac and cheese but it also gets eaten throughout the year yeah i if i had to guess i would say that if we did this list in like 30 years it's higher and it's like more of a thanksgiving staple because i think that like this is something that people our age and younger like really are obsessed with mac and cheese. And as like we become the ones in charge of hosting Thanksgiving dinners and like convincing people that are younger than us that like this is the way it's always been, like this will happen more often. But you're right. Like, yeah. like right now, I don't eat mac and cheese at Thanksgiving. I don't think like I, I, you're right. It's a year round thing. We talked about this at the, at the top of the hour. Like it's not like Thanksgiving specific. And so I'm fine with it being low low yeah i put it above all the vegetables because i still like well, yeah it's still fucking vegetables delicious. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is at the lowest of low of all other sides for thanksgiving so yes mac and cheese number seven and that's where we are moving on then moving on to up. number six Just we're gonna keep up. going and rolling along with rolls oh there we go now, now you're talking. Segway. Segue. Yeah, it's a fantastic segue, which brings me to our next topic: craziest inventions that they announced on live television of the early 2000s. Number one, the Segway. <laughs> yeah, this is a great call because this is this is one of those uh, opportunities for everybody's favorite chef, whoever it is, like their family's, you know, 
grandma, grandpa, uncle this, you know, aunt that, whatever, to put their state their uh, stamp on it because everybody makes these rolls so differently. We have it's called Sister Schubert's rolls. Oh, that sounds and great. they are a certain brand, and they're not fancy. They're just like already cut in a tin, and you have to throw them in the oven. And every year, without fail, we always forget to put them in, or we put them in for too long, and you end up getting rolls thrown at you midway through Thanksgiving dinner because we forget to, I think it's normally we forget to defrost them and then they take longer to bake and then it's just like everyone's ready to eat. So Sister Schubert's rolls, I only have them at Thanksgiving and like they're ingrained in my brain. What's cool about rolls is that like you can either get like store-bought, which is what we do and everyone loves them, or you could have a secret family recipe and everyone loves those. And then within, like, of all the sides we're going to talk about, like, rolls is probably the only one with 100% satisfaction guarantee. Like, there's some people that aren't going to eat the fucking carrots because they're vegetables. And there's going to be some people that don't like turkey because not everyone likes turkey, you know? I don't think, like, no, if you go around everyone's plate on Thanksgiving, everyone has a roll, guaranteed. Unless you're gluten free, unless but otherwise, all right. And yes. Like barring barring an allergy, everyone has a roll on their plate. It's just a staple. It's universally. That's beloved. a great call. I think it's probably the. I would. We can go as we finish this list. I bet it's the only one that has an approval rating higher than ninety percent. Strong words again. Because we're not, I, we're not polling the gluten free people. Yeah, we're There's, just excluding them from our polling. Yes, like if you don't have a health reason to not eat it, then I almost everyone is going to have a roll on their plate. Does anybody have a topical uh, polls are faulty comment to make? <laughs> I can't think because I don't, I can't think of any. But if you have one, this would be the time. Nothing in recent well, memory. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Okay. Nothing at okay. all. Okay. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I was going to say though that that I feel like. <laughs> Rolls are at the ninety percent, but at the same time, like, <laughs> come on, somebody say something, nobody. Okay, yeah, whatever. It's like it's screaming for somebody to. It's it. Uh, whatever. We're not as clever as we think we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a week. Yeah, it's uh, been a week. It's only Wednesday for the listener. Yeah, we're a full eight days away from Tuesday, uh, the third. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i thought I, I thought you just meant like in a regular week terms it, we're no. still two days from friday <laughs> yeah <laughs> like which has not even been a week not a whole lot going on <laughs> i was talking about the past seven days but yes, yes that's yes that's been long but <laughs> thankfully we'll just hunker down for a little while longer on that front just keep rolling Ah, she did ah, it again. There we go. <laughs> I'm gonna see how many That's more fun. times I can make that pun in this. All right, right. we go roll on to number five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing about rolls, they're at number six because like it's a roll, you know. Yeah, yeah. Definitely necessary, but That's nothing the thing. too fancy. Yeah, like I, I won't argue with you. Like I think that they're a hundred percent of uh, approval because they're so like ubiquitous. Like <laughs> they're just, they're just fucking rolls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're just rolls. So. We'll roll on to number five and use that pun for the very last time. Um, at number five, I have uh, not a yam, but a sweet potato. And more specifically, like the sweet potato casserole mush. Yeah. Yeah. With the, with the marshmallows. 
So that was a topic that I wanted to discuss with you all. Are you pro or anti marshmallows on your sweet potatoes? I'm the pro. Uh, I see. To me, it feels like overkill. Like a sweet potato is already a little too sweet for me. Mm-hmm. So like, it's like it's it's like putting. Uh, it just seems like you're. It's like it's do less. You know, like it doesn't need. It. But I think I also realize that I'm in the probably in the minority in this take. I, I was going to agree with you on that one, Kyle. I feel like how we make sweet potatoes, we already end up adding like a pound of sugar into just the mashed up version of them. And they're already sweet. And then you add some sugar and cinnamon in there and you're on your butt in two seconds after taking one spoonful of sweet potatoes just because of the content. So they're um, sweet. I've always, yeah, I've always liked the idea of marshmallows on top because I think it looks really cool. No question. And and it sounds like a good idea just because they're fun and they're floofy and they're appetizing, but in practice, I don't I don't know if it's the best move. I, I get what you're saying. These these criticisms are not silly. I just disagree. But I but you're <laughs> you you make good points. Like you're not you're not you're not being crazy here. You're not laughing us out of the room. No, I just I happen and, to disagree, but I said it's taste thing. And conversely, like, I don't begrudge anyone, you know, marshmallows in their sweet potatoes. Like, I get it. It's marshmallows. Like, yeah, it's understandable. Yeah, yeah, you know. What am I? I'm not, I'm not some kind of asshole that's going to poop on marshmallows. But, like, they're just not. It's just not for me. I'm an asshole who's going to poop out marshmallows the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> the day after Thanksgiving. Wouldn't yeah. it be funny? Like, like <laughs> if it was marshmallows and corn as, like, the two... <laughs> the two foods that just come out the exact way they come in. When did I have marshmallows? <laughs> uh, I didn't know we were doing poop humor on this podcast. I'm concerned that you haven't fought through the door you're opening. Because I'm, I'm going to walk right through it. I, yeah, I just, I'm surprised. Yeah, we haven't gotten here yet on one of my pods before. Because I feel like it's very applicable to everything we've discussed. In the past. I mean, we talked at length about eggs. Like, <laughs> it's... <laughs> <laughs> and cheese and dairy yeah, it's amazing that we had got all the way to sweet potatoes before <laughs> and it took yeah. marshmallows to get us into the door i mean i'm well i'm willing to do it like <laughs> I'll do, i'll do a pod a whole podcast about poop i'll do it <laughs> but Maybe yeah that's our next pod foods foods that upset the digestive system <laughs> the, the thing about sweet potatoes is like you're likely to eat a sweet potato fry throughout the course of your year on a number of occasions but you're never gonna eat like pureed sweet potatoes outside of thanksgiving really are you no absolutely no no definitely not so i think there's one time and that is thanksgiving yeah yeah, sweet potatoes number five so i think it's fitting that it's in the top half of the list but the bottom Mm -hmm. yeah because of the marshmallows well, also they're just like not that good. Like I, like, I, I'll. I, I was making a butt joke there, Kyle. But um, thank you for uh, passing uh, over that. <laughs> okay. I, all right. You I see what she did there. I, yes. I, yes. I, I forfeit my. Put the point. nail in the coffin. <laughs> Put the nail in the coffin. Let's let's move on. Marsh- yes. Marshmallow, sweet potatoes, and number five sides. That's excellent. Yes. Mm. <laughs> okay, number four. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this one because I think I have a, a different interpretation of it, but 
it's definitely high up there in standard sides for Thanksgiving. And that's going to be like Peter cranberry sauce. I just need to know when you're picturing cranberry sauce, are you picturing, does it look does it have the can still imprinted on it <laughs> or is it like fancy and, and mush? Like, what are you picturing? Yeah. I, I'm glad that you brought this up because I figured this would, this would either put it up high or low depending on our experiences with this. I want to hear your thoughts first and then I'll tell you how it makes me feel. Cause I have a very <laughs> definite feeling. Yeah. So we normally have two forms of cranberry at our Thanksgiving dinners one is the straight out of the can with the ridges and all uh, plopped into a bowl and sitting there. There's like one person, and I forget who it is right now. I think it's one of my uncles who's just weird. They're all weird. It's my family. But <laughs> who who just really likes the canned cranberry. It might be my dad now that I actually think this through, <laughs> yeah. which makes a world of sense. <laughs> so we have the straight up cranberry can. And then um, there's also a recipe from my grandma for a cranberry sauce. And as a kid, I love this. Like, I would dump it on my entire plate and, like, put it in with the potatoes and the turkey and all the sides and just, like, have the cranberry sauce covering. And I thought I was being healthy because, you know, cranberries. Cranberries Cranberry. Um, Yeah. One year I finally watched how it was made, and I think it's... It's equal or more parts sugar to cranberries. Yeah, no surprise there. That sounds so, about right. Yeah, it's it's really yummy. You just put like frozen cranberries and um, I think like there's some like tangerine slices in there and a couple of strawberries and then loads of sugar and you just grind it up and it's a sauce and it's perfection and I'll eat that stuff for days afterwards and always asked to have like an extra supply that we know we're not going to eat on Thanksgiving day, but for leftovers. And so because of that, I put cranberry a lot higher than, than probably the can of sludge deserves. So I have had the experience of the fancy and the can, and I think they both have their place. But while the fancy is probably tastier, objectively, it can never match the allure of the can. The can makes me so happy because it so symbolizes Thanksgiving. And like you with the sister, uh, what's her name, rolls. It's like, I know this isn't fancy, but it just, it makes me happy. And it reminds me of family and togetherness in the holiday. And it overcomes any of the shortcomings of the actual offering. And again, when are you ever going to pull out a can of cranberries uh, like, and put it on a table and serve it singularly as a dish? So, so Sarah, as a vegetarian, because like for me, I really like the combo of cranberry sauce with turkey. Like, mm-hmm. like I'll eat that. Like, I, like I'll get a sandwich sometimes non-Thanksgiving, and if it's got cranberry yeah. sauce on it, like that's a really tasty sandwich. But I don't really like cranberry sauce mixed with any other thing on my plate at Thanksgiving. As a vegetarian, what do you eat cranberry sauce with? Or do you just eat it with a spoon? So yes and yes. I hadn't really brought this up. But yes, in recent years, as I've shifted away from eating meat, the sides of Thanksgiving have become the bread and butter of Thanksgiving for me. Literally bowls. (laughs) Literally bowls. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you, Kyle. And so, yes, for me, cranberry sauce goes really well with gravy and mashed potatoes, too. Yeah. Like, getting that all together. Mm. Cranberry sauce on stuffing. It's oh, like the sweet, yeah. and, the sweet and savory combo is delightful. Exactly. Like, cornbread, any, like, really anything mm. that you were already going to, like, mix your turkey or your meat in with, like, cranberry sauce on top of that as well. I'll give that a try. I'm like I'm like a child in that like I don't want my cranberry sauce touching anything but my turkey, even though like the rest oh. even though the rest of my plate, the various sections are indistinguishable from each other. Like it's just a huge mash of whatever. But the cranberry okay. sauce very specifically stays on the turkey. So I'm Why gonna have to expand yeah. my my uh my cranberry circle this year, I guess. Yeah, that's holding yeah. you back. Yeah. That's holding <laughs> you back. Alright, okay. Yeah. Okay. Branch out and let it flow. Yeah, so cranberry sauce. I again, I feel like to Mike's point, both fancy and canned cranberry are very pivotal in a Thanksgiving meal. Yeah, and I put it up pretty high because of that. Yeah, I right, think that's good fair. Work. So we're right, skipping cool. the just missed it, and we're talking pie or what? That that was my goal. I was going to skip yeah. just missed it and talk pie. Um, if we do need to bring in something else. Because of the corn, carrot, mac and cheese, really the <laughs> mac and cheese debacle. <laughs> I guess now we can take a, a quick second to talk about missed it. Sarah, you missed it. And then I would vote we, do, uh, we let you keep on rolling. Let's do your okay. pies. And then at the end, if you've missed anything, Mike and I can chime in. That sounds like a plan. Cool. So, uh, yes, honorable pies. I'm just going to do three. I feel like there are more. Well, let's just talk about three, and I'm going to go three, two, one as a standard uh, top three list. Sure. So number three is the uh, apple crumble cinnamon pie, like, you know, just, just the apple pie that you soak those apples in and have the nice, I don't, I don't know the what grid. it's called. The like grid. The crisscross. Yeah. The yeah, lattice. Exactly. Yeah. She was she yes, was the lattice. the lattice. She was gesturing. The lattice. That is the word that I'm I was doing going a crisscross kind of motion with my arms. And then he said, "Everybody clap your hands." And, <laughs> whole and we did it. <laughs> so yeah, um, I feel like that's very typical uh, fall and very typical Thanksgiving. It's not super sweet though, which is a good balance. But I feel like sometimes you know after a Thanksgiving meal that doesn't normally have a lot of sweetness to it, sans cranberry. I'm looking for something a little bit more than just your standard apple pie. So I put that at number three. Classic. Gotta have it on the table, but not my favorite. Okay. Respect. Okay. Uh, number two, this might be controversial, but this is showing my bias. I have cherry. Like, Whoa. Oh, a good cherry pie makes me so happy. Doesn't feel very Thanksgiving-y to my, to my thinking. That would be my really? critique. Oh my goodness! What? When do you have cherry pie? Is that I like a don't, summer thing? <laughs> I don't. But if oh. I were to, it's not. It's not a Thanksgiving pie to me. To me, cherry pies are really popular in Michigan, where there a lot of cherries are grown, and so like, it's not. It's not all that uncommon to eat a cherry pie at any point in time during the year. But I would say rarely, if ever, does a cherry pie show up at our Thanksgiving. Is Warrant from Michigan by any chance? Is what? 
Warrant, the band that sings uh, oh, Probably not. <laughs> I bet they are. <laughs> they probably grew up right down the street from Kid Rock. Oh, yeah. Traverse City. Just kidding. I don't know. They are? No, I, I don't know. <laughs> Traverse City is famous for its cherries. I was going to be very gullible with that one. It says Formed wow. in Hollywood. Come on. <laughs> I'm learning a lot today. I had cherry pie as like must-haves for Thanksgiving um, every single year. So mm. this is blowing my mind a little bit. And um, I'm curious to hear what other pies you guys might have on your honorable pie list. Um, number one, of course, is going to be our, our standard pumpkin. Like, what else would we do without it? Yep. But... So yeah. to me, pumpkin pumpkin is definitely the most Thanksgiving-y pie. No doubt. It's not my favorite of the Thanksgiving pies. My favorite is hands down the pecan pie. That's um, the one I'm oh. thinking of. That's where Whoa. I go. So, so if I'm rejiggering this list, and I don't think I was invited to, but if I were, <laughs> uh, I probably am going apple, pumpkin, and then pecan. Get your fingers wow. out of these pies, Mike. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I no, would. I appreciate this like uh, inception moment that we're having here. Yeah. I I've never had pecan pie at a Thanksgiving. For really? Pie. Really? For real? Wow. Like we do not do pecan pie in my household. So it what it didn't even hit the radar for me. What about pecan Guys, pie? So this <laughs> is this is super important. I know I'm interested in the pies, but um, did you guys know that Warrant released an album in 2017? Because <laughs> this is unbelievable to me. Uh, their studio album was titled "Louder, Harder, Faster," <laughs> which of course it was. Uh, did they have any 19... other songs about pies? Probably. Oh, uh, I think I'll just stay here and drink. <laughs> Only broken heart, devil dancer perfect louder harder faster those were the singles off this album they released five singles off of an album in 2017 i figured they would just like change cherry pie like to different kinds of pies like Jeez, guy. Oh. <laughs> what have i have i heard this before i don't think so no <laughs> no definitely not <laughs> not a where would you ever hear a song about a hairy guy <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways no idea well i yeah, learn new things every single day. I'm glad we went down this um, this tangent in our mm-hmm. in our pod tonight. It's not only about pies, but uh, music as well. This is your well. fault for having a podcast that started recording uh, in the the eight o'clock hour for me. Like <laughs> this is what you get. This should retroactively go on our mistakes pod for our best albums of 2017. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, yes, there we are. Pies and fun. Um, which leads us to our top three. Are you all ready? Yeah, nice. let's go. I know at least one of these. Right. So number three is stuffing. Yeah. Oh, my God. I assumed that was number one. That's. Uh, it's, I'm excited to see what two and one are then. Okay. What yeah. do, would you say that you know, stuffing that you typically eat is fancy or, or working class? Um, it's it's definitely the working class type. I was gonna call this out. There's like stuffing that you create that you put inside of a turkey and like let it marinate and keep the bird from drying out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then there's like box stuffing that you throw some water on and put it in a pan and let it sit in the oven and probably burn a little bit on the bottom. Yes. And that's my kind. 
That's that sounds the like my my kind of my kind of jam. Stuffing is like by definition almost it can't be fancy because it's just like fucking just whatever like it's just like soggy bread like it can't like it's stuff. Yeah, it's stuff. I don't know. It's like and it's but it's so good and I I like I, I only eat stuffing once a year. This is it. So like I'm gonna eat like like my body weight and stuffing on Thanksgiving. It tastes so good. Mm. I love stuffing. So. so- so my thing with stuffing is I feel like it always needs a friend, like some form of a friend. Stuffing cannot stand alone, in my opinion, because it, you have to do it right so that it doesn't get dried out, which maybe my family just doesn't do a lot. Um, but it, it always needs something else to go with it. Otherwise, you're just kind of eating, again, like mush. It goes really, really, really well with mashed potatoes. Like... For sure. Like, I could do a plate of just those two things and be very happy. Because, like, mashed potatoes tend to be kind of wet, you know? If you have dry stuffing, that kind of, like, balances it out. It works out well, yeah. Mm. I do think that that's the nice thing about the Thanksgiving plate is finding that balance of sweet, savory, mushy, kind of dense and kind of, you know, tough. And um, I think that the stuffing just to me just has to fit into that plate like i'm good with whatever style you do but i just need it to fit into the overall you know orchestra the beige plate yeah mm-hmm. yeah i put it as number three because of what i called out i i feel like it's not super standalone but at the same time it's very notable and i like the the point that i think mike made of i'm only eating stuffing on thanksgiving like it is a thanksgiving meal that is when you have stuffing and that's that you might i think that's a uh, that's a kyle point i get we gotta give that one to kyle you might that's true for everybody though and i mean you might eat stuffing on christmas like maybe but like i don't know it's a thanksgiving thing so i will call out um i feel like i did eat stuffing in my childhood on pork roast nights my dad really like to have like a again a side of just box stuffing when we had a pork roast so maybe that's why i don't know i don't hold the same affinity of only stuffing on thanksgiving but yeah it's number three right now you still put it at number three it's a hallowed ground up here absolutely cool so moving on to number two i i'm ready for the debate on this one and i have a strong affinity for it for for reasons (laughs) <laughs> uh, so this is going to be cornbread slash cornbread casserole. And what I'm calling out is specifically in my brain, we have a dish that's called spoon bread. <laughs> it is served on Thanksgiving. And it is a combination of cornbread and creamed corn. Whoa. And it is the best thing hands down. And I've heard of other people who have had similar like, cornbread casserole dishes on their Thanksgiving plate. And so it's probably going to get dropped because it's not as well known. But I have such an affinity for it. It's like the number one dish on my plate. And so it ended up as number two. Do we eat cornbread at Thanksgiving, Mike? No. So this is one that I, it's not a, a me thing, but I think if I'm just taking a step back from my own experiences, it fits perfectly into the Thanksgiving 
roster. It makes perfect sense and it sounds wonderful. So while it's not a my family thing, I don't begrudge it. We we did this once. I think it was Aaron's podcast. We did like best yard games and we said that number one was like that one yard game that would never be on anyone else's list because it's specific to your like neighborhood or like your backyard. Yeah. And like, that's why it's so special because it's unique to you. Like it's, yeah. and this like, isn't obviously unique specifically to your Thanksgiving. Cause it sounds like other people eat it, but I think like most people have one dish at their Thanksgiving meal that is like pretty specific to you and no one else. So this like could end up being something like that. I don't know. I, I just only because the only reason I say that is because I've never had it, but it sounds very, very tasty and I want to eat it. Yeah. Do a Google of cornbread casserole. Um, that'll definitely get you there. But that does bring up a point. Are there, are there dishes that you all have on your Thanksgiving table that are like must haves that would fall into the slot that Kyle just called out that you think is unique to your your Thanksgiving dinner. Nothing comes to mind for me. We have, so my aunt Marge, she's actually my, my uncle's mom. So she makes these cookies that are like, they're like pumpkin flavored, like cinnamon cookies. And they kind of look like, you know, those cookies where you just stick like a Hershey kiss and a sugar cookie. It's like, so the cookie itself is shaped like the cookie part of that, but instead of a Hershey kiss, it's like a dollop of, like, cream cheese frosting. Oh, yeah. And, like, she only makes them for Thanksgiving. Like, she won't make them for, like, birthdays or other family gatherings. It's, like, only Thanksgiving Marge is going to make the pumpkin cookies with the cream cheese frosting. And so, like, to me, like, I've been eating those cookies since, like, literally before I can remember. And so, like, that's... For us, like, that's the thing I think of that, like, probably most people don't think of for Thanksgiving. She tells this great story where she, like, submitted that, like, you were supp- it was a radio contest, and you were supposed to, like, like get, like get tell a fun, like, story about a recipe that you cooked, and she told a story about, so she married into our family, and, like, at one of the first Thanksgivings that she came to, she made these cookies and was, like, really nervous, because, like, she didn't know any of us, and I was, like, two at the time. And I, like, walked into the room she was in, and I, like, very imperiously was like, who made these cookies? <laughs> and she was, like, scared. She was like, I made them, like, afraid. And then I was like, these cookies are excellent. <laughs> like, <laughs> and she, like, that story gets told most Thanksgivings, and it's like, why? And then, and she won the radio contest for telling that story. So they're, so she calls them, like, her prize-winning Thanksgiving cookies. Anyways. Oh my god. That's incredible. That That's now she should tell that story. Yeah. The yeah. meta story about the radio is amazing. Yeah, it's a fantastic story. And they're fantastic cookies. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing, Kyle. I love those types of stories. Again, just with those recipes that are only brought out one time a year and the history behind it all. Oh, it makes my heart swell. Same. Good stuff. Well, we can talk about that a little bit more after we get to number one and just decide how we want to shake this thing out. Uh, But I think you all know where we're going with this at this point. I think Uh, so. Number one. Here we go. It's the the taters and gravy. Mashed potatoes. Yeah. Potatoes. What's weird? Potatoes. What's weird is that, like, 
I eat mashed potatoes all the time, right? Like this, like it's not like a lot of the other things that I said we would prioritize. It's not just a Thanksgiving thing, but right. Like the best thing that goes with everything else on this list is mashed potatoes and gravy. Like yeah. the best thing that goes with stuffing is mashed potatoes. The best thing that goes with turkey is mashed <laughs> potatoes. The best thing that so goes true. The best thing that goes with a roll is mashed potatoes and gravy. Like it's the perfect complement yeah. to every single thing on this list somehow, and that's why it makes such a great base for your plate. Like you just like <laughs> <laughs> literally like apply a thin layer of mashed potatoes over just the get a trowel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No question. Yeah, completely and I, agreed. I think that's why I had it at one, just because I, I agree. These are mashed potatoes that I eat regularly throughout the year. But if you do not have mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving, you've done messed up. Yeah. Like, it's the kind of thing that they would stop Thanksgiving for. Like, you would wait to eat until there were... Like, you wouldn't yeah. start Thanksgiving until there was a turkey in most households. Like, I think mashed potatoes are, like, the second in like terms of uh like priority for if when you can start totally agreed it's like if they could do like a movie on the hallmark channel about like the year that the turkeys and potatoes disappeared <laughs> <You're right. laughs> probably and then, like lo- loving people brought it back you know whatever back in the world it's all thing that's amazing so yes that's a uh, mashed potatoes great call I, as i was googling you know all the standard thanksgiving sides to make sure I didn't miss anything on my list. I did come across uh, different potato recipes where they're like, oh, do them this way. Switch up your potatoes. Make it fancy this year. And every single one, I, they looked yummy. But again, if you don't have mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving, something's not right. So that's why they're at number one. Um, I'm feeling pretty strong about that one. And uh, I think that's our list for today you'll get no argument from me that's number one yeah totally <sighs> okay mike can you think one of anything down. that sarah even missed i don't think so uh, two things one i don't i can't think of anything two i'm comfortable kind of generally leaving the list as you know structured um but nothing really comes right to mind i feel like we hit all the big stuff the only thing is like because Thanksgiving is so turkey centric to me could we always have a turkey and we always have a ham but the ham to me almost feels like a side because it's so kind of like shunted that's a good call I was actually thinking about this like other meats topic and I, I agree with your assessment that it's like it's not it's not meat it's like a side meat which is so weird it truly is like I get a side of ham with my turkey and I prefer a, like a nice honey glazed ham to a turkey so I always eat a lot of it at Thanksgiving I'm not like, I don't feel that serious about including it on the list, but I think the Thanksgiving ham deserves a, uh, at least a mention. I barely missed it, if you will. I, this is really interesting because um, I come from a household that's like, again, only turkey on Thanksgiving, none of this like chicken or ham or anything else. And when you said honey glazed ham, that is Christmas in a nutshell. Like, yeah, honey glazed ham is had on Christmas and Christmas only. So I I understand and definitely hear where you're coming from, but that had never even flown on my radar of side. I think you're right. Like, I think most people would say the same thing. Like, fuck you, eat ham on Christmas. That's what the Grinch was trying to steal. <laughs> right. Yeah. The the uh, the roast beast. <laughs> you're right. 
It was a roast beast. (laughs) (laughs) And hash who? Or who hash? (laughs) Anyways, I don't think it it warrants inclusion, but that's the only thing I can think of that you... did, we didn't talk about. I think you really hit the staples here, Sarah. Thank you. The the only other ones that kind of came up and were flying around my radar were um, squash in some form, Brussels sprouts again in some form, more vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> Something came up in terms of rice and people having rice on their Thanksgiving table. Huge but now. I, yeah, that was just another starchy thing to, to me. And then I also love this. Tamales is apparently a very strong Thanksgiving side as well. Now Again, I can get not, interested in that. <laughs> not on my plate, but I'm just excited at the prospect of coming to someone's house and there being tamales on the. That sounds good. On the, yeah. Mmm. Big fan. So uh, <laughs> those are that baby, and you got yourself a Thanksgiving. No doubt. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I don't know if you guys want to uh, talk about anything else. Maybe switch some things up. I know cornbread might not hold on to number two. Mac and cheese, I don't know if you guys want to demote that any further. I would say leave cornbread where it is. I would just say let's move mac and cheese down to number 10, and we'll just slide the vegetable trio up a spot and call it a day. That makes me happy. Okay. What do you think, Sarah? I'm comfortable with that. Okay. I I am thoroughly surprised that we're all in agreement on this one, but I don't know if that's a good list or a bad list, but here we are. I think that you you really nailed it. Like the like we were saying before, like the top 5 are the things that I s- associate most strongly with Thanksgiving. Number 1 is mashed potatoes and gravy. I think you nailed it. You put a lot of thought into this list, it's clear, and we appreciate that. Okay, cool. Well, then, if we're all set here, I'll just take us through one last time through the top 10 Thanksgiving Day sides. Yeah, do it. Okay, so at number 10, Thanksgiving side of the future, but not the now, (laughs) that's going to be our mac and cheese, holding on for hope that in 20 years, it will be a staple. Gotta love some mac and cheese. And then now we move into our vegetable trio so at number nine it's going to be our carrots in all their glory followed uh next by number eight corn and then the staple classic 1950s go-to our green bean casserole Ration, um, rationing green bean casserole oh <laughs> uh, just good stuff and then our last uh not quite top 10 but pretty or top five but pretty darn close rolls mm. Such a good time. Um, so yeah, then moving on to our top five, we have our sweet potatoes, maybe or maybe not with marshmallows, depending on <laughs> where you're sitting this year. Yep. Our cranberry form, whether in canned or uh, over sugared form for this year, but yes, cranberries in some shape. And then getting into our top three. Don't forget about your pies, but with number three, we will have our stuffing. Mm-hmm. Number two, our cornbread slash cornbread casserole. Look it up, everyone. It'll change your life. And then number one, the glue to it all, the uh, base layer to every single Thanksgiving plate, good old mashed potatoes. Literal glue in some cases, like using it as a bonding agent is a piece of play. (laughs) (laughs) Chef Sarah does it again. Yeah, she did it again. 
Really great Shea work, Sarah. <laughs> I hope you all are ready to eat now and getting pumped about the upcoming dinner. I know a lot of you out there are experiencing a new kind of Thanksgiving this year um, and might not have all the sides that we've called out, but hopefully it's unique in some form and full of love and thanks. Yeah, it'll it'll be story worthy. Like there will be fun, different, creative things and people will have stories to tell for sure. Absolutely. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for letting me join again and uh, continue on this journey with y'all. Thank you for coming on. And thank you for just texting us and being like, I have a list. Schedule me. Like, I love that's the best. Book it. I I think she said book it, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Put me in, coach. Let's do it. I mean, I heard book it, bitch. But yeah, put me in, coach might have been the actual phrase. So obviously a big thank you to Sarah. When we get into thank you mode, the next person I think is Kevin McLeod. You heard him earlier with our intro music and our not top three, which was Stanky. We do not know Kevin, but we can still thank him. We are thankful for That's Kevin. That's true. Thank you, Kevin. And though we do not know Kevin, we can learn about him through his actual Wikipedia page. It's yeah. just unbelievable. He's legit. He's very legit. Super legit as balls. Yeah. Usually another person we give thanks for and give thanks to is my sister Erin. As you know... She put together our artwork, which is also stanky in its own way. If you want to see more of Aaron's work, and I really highly recommend you do this, actually, if you haven't before, go to Sant Design, because she has just finished a really cool project where she made 30 different um, pieces of graphic art for 30 different short stories, which, spoiler, we will be discussing in top 10 form. Yeah, may come back around. So you really are incentivized to go look at her Instagram at Sant Design um, for that. So... Those are my thank yous. What about you, Mike? Uh, I would like to express great thanks for our delightful social media liaison director and my wife, <laughs> Caroline Labranti. Uh, she uh, put together our wonderful Instagram page, uh, which is at top10km with the 10 spot out T-E-N. She runs our Facebook page, which you can find top 10 with Kyle and Mike. And if you have anything you're looking for outside of Caroline's work, you can shoot us an email, top10km at gmail.com with the 10 also spelled out. And if you're curious to find more of Caroline's personal work, you can check it out at cml.photos on Instagram. Finally, I'm sure you're listening to us on some sort of listening app. If you're looking for another one, we are on the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. So, peeps, that's what I would say. Thunderbar. That's it, then. Good work, team. That was uh, a lot of fun. Thank yeah. you all for having me again. Such a I fun time. I think we time. should go. I think it's time to go, right? Let's let's leave. Let's, let's just go fill leave. Our yeah, I've got a Jolly Rancher that's uh, just staring at me. And you know what it's saying? I should be a bowl of cereal. That's what it's really saying to me. Ew. All right. And with that. All right. See you, everybody. All right. Peace.